0: Welcome to this Pro Rado, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by TSX Broadway, I'm Dan Primack. On today's show, the Koch brothers turn to tech regulation, and the relationship between Starbucks and Howard Schultz is about to get much more complicated. But first, America hammers Huawei. So last month, we discussed how Canadian authorities had arrested a woman named Meng Wanzhou, the chief financial officer of Huawei, which is the world's largest maker of telecom equipment and its second largest maker of smartphones. Huawei is also a crown jewel in China's tech industry and a major national security concern in the U.S., where there are fears that its products could theoretically be used by the Chinese government to do everything from spy on Americans to disable communication systems. Now, Wanzhou was officially arrested in Canada for alleged violations of sanctions on Iran and has since been under house arrest awaiting possible extradition to the U.S. And yesterday, American authorities released their own charges, not only against her, but against the company as a whole. It included not only the Iranian sanction stuff, but also allegations of trade secret theft, obstruction of justice, and a variety of frauds. Now, why all this matters in the big picture is that we're nearly two-thirds of the way through that 90-day clock for U.S. and China trade negotiations. After which a tariff-filled trade war could commence, thus causing lots of economic hardship in both countries. This Huawei situation complicates those talks, thus making a deal that much less likely. In 20 seconds, we'll go deeper with Bill Bishop, editor of the Axios China and Sinocism newsletters. But first, this.
1: TSX Broadway will breathe new life into Times Square. A new 46-story tower has been completely reimagined to harness the power of one of the most iconic intersections in the world, with 75,000 square feet of retail, the area's only permanent outdoor stage, and state-of-the-art technology to interact directly with consumers. Learn
0: more about the future
1: of retail at TSXBroadway.com.
0: We're joined now by Bill Bishop, editor and writer of the Axios China and Sinocism newsletters. So, Bill, give me the big picture here. The new indictments yesterday, not only against the CFO, but also against the company as a whole. Is this a ratcheting up of trade kind of tensions? And how do you think this plays into the ongoing negotiations?
2: So I actually think it's separate from the trade negotiations. It's part of a broader Push back by the U.S. Uh, against China and I think the sort of the security and technology dimensions globally. In terms of how it affects the trade negotiations, both sides have been trying to make clear that they're really on two separate tracks. And I think at least so far, that is how they are proceeding. It's, you know, there's no question that the two indictments yesterday uh, and the formal request to extradite the Huawei CFO from Canada, to the U.S., are seen by the Chinese as a ratcheting up and so you know I think it's unlikely there won't be some sort of impact on the trade talks but at least right now you know the Chinese the Chinese delegation arrived yesterday in DC I think a couple hours after the big press conference uh, so far, all signs are that the talks are ongoing um, and there's going to be no change to the agenda this week.
0: Bill, you tweeted yesterday, this is what you tweeted, quote, if the U.S. indictments of Huawei are political, wasn't the decision for all those years not to indict, given the preponderance of evidence, also political? Explain that a little bit.
2: Well, you know, that's, a again, this is speculation, and but you're reading through the indictments, is clearly the U.S. has been investigating Huawei for some time. And so I think, um, you know, one of the one of the certainly the Chinese accuse the U.S. of politicizing the case and going after the CFO and the company because it's part of the broader sort of hawkish President Trump approach to China. Um, and there, there are plenty of people outside of China who see, you know, absolutely this is a this is all a political move by the U.S. So one of the questions I mean, that, that tweet was meant to spur discussion was you say it's political now that the U.S. is going after Huawei and the CFO. Well, given what was listed in the indictments as preponderance of evidence over the several years, was there a political decision made before Trump to not go after Huawei? And I don't know the answer. Um, there are certainly some people who believe there is, but I think it's one of those things where people are going to start throwing around accusations of politicization. they need to look at both sides of
0: it. Bill, was there anything in that indictment that surprised you or that you really didn't know before?
2: One is the— uh, very clearly says that the founder of Huawei, Ren Zhengfei, uh, lied to FBI agents in 2007, I believe. And, you know, there are at least two individuals or entities who are also indicted, but whose identities were not, were, are still under seal. Um, and so certainly there is speculation that one of those individuals or entities could be the actual um, Huawei founder. I think also it's very clear that the U.S. was very much up in Huawei's electronic communications, and what we're probably seeing in the indictment are just a tiny sliver of the um, volume of electronic messages and files that the U.S. government has. And then I also think, I think there was something about...
0: But Bill, that's ironic, right? Because isn't part of the the, the argument from the U.S., not in this case particularly, but, but much broader, national security with Huawei, that there's a lot of concerns, but one of them is a concern about spying, right?
2: Uh, yes. And, you know, again, one of the questions, though, is w- was that spying done after obtaining warrants based on probable cause? And, you know, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, that, you know... All governments spy if they have the capabilities. I think you have to look at the difference in processes. And, you know, I don't think the Chinese government needs warrants to spy on things, companies and entities. And the U.S. government, at least there is a process. Uh, perhaps it is abused sometimes. I think we learned that in the Snowden case. But, again, the broader point is, and we've seen this in other indictments of Chinese hackers where, I mean, the U.S. is reading their text messages while they're in China. And it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable how, how bad they are at um, uh, electronic security or communication security. The other thing I think was this mo this this Tappy the mo the robot in Seattle and I think there's a bit in there where one of the one of the people tried to stole the arm and then it was found in his bag and it said it got there by accident. I mean it's a little bit it's it's just it's just like out of a bad movie.
0: <laughs> and that's kind of this trade secret theft argument relating kinda of to T Mobile. Bill, I wonder kind of take this a little bit broader. It would seem to me if I am a Huawei executive, if I am a senior Huawei executive, traveling to the US right now would seem to be a very bad idea. I probably don't want to do that. Should U.S. business executives right now travel to China, or should they just avoid it?
2: Uh, that's, a, that's a really tough and important question. Um, I'll preface that, the answer by saying that I'm glad I don't live in Beijing right now. Um, I think that um, you know we saw in the case of um, the, the detention of the Huawei CFO by the Canadians that very quickly uh, Chinese, the Chinese arrested two Canadian citizens in Canada – Um, They have so far seemed to avoid going after U.S. executives. Um, I do think, though, that if you don't need to go to China anytime soon, um, then you probably are better off doing things um, remotely. But at the same time, you know, China has certainly shown a – hesitation at going after americans because i think they're still they're so worried about the u.s government but in general the risks are definitely higher i think than they were two or three months ago
0: fair enough bill bishop editor of axios china and Sinocism newsletters thanks so much for joining us my final two right after this
1: tsx broadway times square's first full building brand platform is driving the future of brick and mortar retail through digital customer engagement capabilities and unparalleled space flexibility TSX Broadway will become a 75,000 square foot playground for the world's most ambitious brands to engage with their consumers on a more personal level. Learn more at tsxbroadway.com.
0: Now it's time for my final two, and first up are the Koch brothers, who have said they'll stay out of the 2020 presidential race, but who indicated during a private retreat this past weekend for their donors that they do have a major interest in fighting what they view as regulatory overreach on big tech companies. Axios's David McCabe, who attended the retreat, reports that this could actually put the Kochs at odds with their fellow Republicans, many of whom have been quite eager to go after companies like Facebook and Google and Amazon on everything from privacy to speech, and McCabe adds, the Koch network has very deep resources and a proven ability to influence DC debate, even if it's not contributing to candidates. Finally, Starbucks CEO Kevin Johnson yesterday told employees that the company has never gotten involved in political campaigns before and won't start now just because its former CEO, Howard Schultz, is running for president. So uh, yeah, good luck with that, Kevin. Remember, Schultz's entire resume is Starbucks. So Starbucks is going to be under withering scrutiny, not only from the media covering Schultz's campaign, from opposing campaigns in both parties. This is a little bit like what happened to Bain Capital, the private equity firm Mitt Romney used to run back in 2012. And Bain was a private organization that wasn't subject to things like consumer boycotts and didn't have tens of thousands of baristas, any one of whom might have some sort of complaint that Schultz didn't listen to, or lots of mom-and-pop coffee shops that were put out of business. It's just Starbucks does not have the luxury to sit out. Sometimes you don't pick the battle, the battle picks you. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Adam Grassi and Tim Shovers, have a great National Puzzle Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata podcast.